Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Gaze on Film. This is the podcast where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we're going to talk about Wildhood. Wildhood. Um, remember, there's going to be a few spoilers in there, so take that as a word of warning and proceed with caution. Uh, but, great news, we got our second guest for this uh, episode, writer and director of the film, Bretton Hannum. Uh, we've had them on to talk about the film, ask mm-hmm. a few questions, find out more about what went on. Um, yeah. We'll park that bit for now then. Let's... We'll get back to, back to that later. Mm. Where have we been? We're back. <laughs> We're back from holiday. Oh, I'm so, so blue. Oh, you really are having a bit of a post-holiday blues, aren't you? Yeah. Why aren't you looking at me like... like... Just, I wish I could take it away from you. Oh, God, right. Um, That's very nice. But we had a lovely, lovely time. A lovely week. The best week I've had in a long, long time. Relaxing, Um, doing nothing, full reset, loads of laughs. Yeah. We did a volcano tour. Oh, my God, I didn't even realise landscapes like that existed. No, it felt like we'd been to... I think I put on our story, it felt like we'd been to... Mars. The set of The Martian, uh, Lord of the Rings. Thing, the tour, the bus, they played the soundtrack to 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, that was quite funny. That was fun. We had a little giggle we at did. that. Um, we went on a sunset cruise and saw some dolphins. Dolphins. We didn't think we were going to see anything because we'd been out for a while, but all of a sudden we spotted quite a big pod, which mm, was fun. We did. Um... But yeah, we're back now. It's the run-up to Christmas, I guess. Halloween. Loads of films coming out. Loads mm-hmm. of things to watch and do podcast episodes on. Um, but no, I yeah, feel fully recharged. and spooky season, really, and I've we not are. even spoken about it yet. No, no. We're going to see our first horror film tonight, which is a classic, which I won't give away because we will be doing it on the next episode. Oh, right, good, um, because I nearly said it then. <laughs> I knew you were, I was like, right, I need to rein him in. Oh, spooky though, I have been watching Dharma. I've How many of you? I've further episodes in now, I think I've watched... Three. I've watched three. Yeah, I watched one on the flight out and one on the flight home. I'm not sure how I feel about it still, you know. No, I think I'm going to have a few things to say about it when it finishes. Yeah, because it feels like they're trying to give him some kind of sympathetic backstory. Yeah. And... I know when we talked about it last time, I didn't think that it was glorifying murder. And I still think I'm going to maintain that. But knowing that it has been made and produced without any real consent or consultation from the victim's families is kind of leaving me a little bit uncomfortable watching yeah. it. And I know it's supposed to be uncomfortable because you're watching Jeffrey Dahmer kill people. Yeah, but, but like it's like a level that of discomfort that's not is meant to be different, there. Yeah. 
Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, so we will see. Yeah, I'm going to persevere there. Still got seven episodes to go though, so we've got ages, I know. So oh, we'll no. probably get back to you guys in like December. Maybe New Year, <laughs> who knows. Um, we'll see. I just wanted to mention episode eight of House of the Dragon, which I have watched this morning, which was flipping epic. Um, one of the best episodes, I would say, of kind of any of the Game of Thrones. Oh, I wanted so to ask far. you about Game of of uh, House of the Dragons. Actually, how how gay is it? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Right, because uh, a lot of people I've seen on the internet, not yeah. a big follower of it, were like, "Oh, look, they're just hiding the queers," and then apparently a particular episode dropped. And that was all changed. Have you noticed that? I mean, there were two gay characters in it. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, well, the... And they're gone now. Right, well, so... the hoo-ha I saw about it on this one Twitter thread gave it a bit more gravitas than that. So. Unless I'm missing something, but I've not hey, missed I anything. Know. I mean... You even listen to podcasts about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think it's good. Oh, okay. Very much so. Um, what well, we, we didn't were, really watch much else, did we? Oh no, didn't have time. I was no. too busy reading. I read a whole book. I know. So did ha- I. Hasn't happened in years. I got through a book in three days. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, what were we about to say whilst we were on holiday? I was actually gonna skillfully segue. Oh, segue away. Segue away. <laughs> what? <laughs> So we had this joke on holiday. It wasn't a shit crack, but we were playing ping pong in the pool and the ball ricocheted off the wall. And I think my mum said it and I went, who's he? And that was... Oh, that was it. That was it now. Ricochet. Um, Every time anyone said anything the rest of the holiday, it was, who's he? Ricochet's cousin. (laughs) But segue away. While we were like away. One of, one of... Oh, does it? Seg- like a... Segue away. Segue away. One of Rick's friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, can I segue now, You please? can segue. Sorry, yes. While we were away, <laughs> a wonderful trailer was released. The avid among you will know that this signals the beginning of trailer, trash or treasure. Where we look forward to a future release. Because that's what we're all about. Mm. This week's trailer is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Are we going? Now, be honest. How many times have you watched that? I would say that might be my fifth. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> it was on holiday. Just on a day. It was on holiday. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I think they've pretty much confirmed that, uh, Black Panther will be Shuri. That looks all but confirmed that that, that last frame is Shuri. It looks like a woman Tell anyway. who Shuri is. The T-shirt. Right. right. Who was T'Challa's sister. Okay. I saw a rumour somewhere that it was Michaela Cole. No, I mean, we did get a look of her in this trailer a bit more, but didn't really oh, give much her. of her character away. No. I love her as well. Uh, we got a decent look at Ironheart, Riri Williams's 
who is Riri Williams, I can't, I think. I can't remember who's playing her. Maybe Riri Williams. I'm totally mucking this up here. Um, we got a decent look at Neymar, even more, again, the antagonist. Um, Neymar of Neymar. Huh? Neymar of Neymar. Of Neymar? Loads more of Neymar. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> um, so, that looks good. You know, I in Ryan Coogler, I trust. It's just I'm a little bit nervous about any upcoming MCU film at the minute since Thor Love and Thunder left me so-called. Although I am enjoying She-Hulk. Um, but to me... The TV shows are great and they add bits and I love the MCU so I'm always going to watch them but going to the cinema to see them is where I want to be wowed the most and mm. fulfilled the most and well, I just do not want to be left cold If I might offer my two cents one. on this one. Yeah. We were excited for Thor because Thor is quite a comedic type character and storyline. Mm-hmm. And it was only so disappointing because it wasn't all that funny. Yeah. Whereas Black Panther's not trying to be funny. It never has and it shouldn't because it is not silly. Uh -huh. It's brilliant. Yeah. So I don't think that we're going to be left. No, I think we're, yeah, I do. I, I trust that it's going to succeed on all the things it needs to. Yeah. And you can book your tickets now, so oh, I get them booked in the next few days. And out. Um, Friday the 11th of November. Lovely. No midnight showings, annoyingly, though, so... Well, risky business. But I work for someone else now instead of working for myself, so I can't really do them anymore anyway. I can. You. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> um, shall we... Anything else? Definitely try it. Oh, full treasure. Treasure for me. Um, I think I preferred the first trailer that we did when we did the San Diego Comic-Con I was just Comic about Con to say, listeners, we're not repeating ourselves. It's not like we're doing the same trailer again. It is the second trailer. And yeah. yes, we did the first one last time. But we're both Black Panther fans. Both Particularly our Declan as well. Yeah. Um, it so... looks very good. It looks very emotional. I hope they somehow get the balance of honouring what's gone before and then also in a way not being not get too caught up in that in the whole film you know it's meant I think the people said it's a two hours 40 minute film so I hope it isn't all well, T'Challa by which... the looks of it it's gonna pay respects really well to T'Challa mm. and then allow the story to grow from there I hope so it's kind of where I yeah Expect it to go. I do as yeah. well. So, but so we will see. We um, yeah, shall we move on to our interview with Brett then? Yes. It was Let's lovely. pause for a little. There we go. Um, <laughs> so, yes, so we, we've got our second guest today um, director, producer, writer of Wildhood, which we saw at a Leeds International Film Festival screening. It wasn't yeah. part of the main festival the other week, no. but they were doing... When did we watch it? It feels like a while ago. It's probably at least a month. September? Mm. August? I don't think it was August. September. Yeah. Um, so we have. it was a while since we've seen it, um, and we hedged our bets and thought we would ask Brett 
if they would come on to the podcast. And they did. And they did. Um, so, without further ado, I guess we'll just get to the interview and let you listen. It's a really insightful interview. Um, Ned led it as your first. Well done. Thank you. Do you want to give any kind of preamble about the interview at all? I um, don't want to build up expectations uh, <laughs> and inevitably let people down. So I'm going to let it speak for itself and then maybe we can talk about it afterwards. Yeah, but it's about a half an hour interview. Um, yeah, we got into some good depth. Yeah, we probably will have to do a bit of editing because Brett, oh, Brett was beaming in from Nova Scotia. Where, Rural Nova Scotia. Where they said um, that the Wi-Fi isn't great. No. So we... We might have to do a bit of chopping and editing, yeah. but so hopefully were, you there won't. There are two points yeah. at which the connection dropped, but hopefully a little bit of ed- editing wizardry um, will minimise that disruption. But you so. might notice us mid-sentence and then us flick into a new sentence or something. But I'll see what I can do with yeah. my very limited um, audio editing yeah. skills. But yeah, let's So enjoy the interview, the interview. Um, with Brett and Hannah. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so today we are joined by Canadian screenwriter and director Brett Hannum, uh, writer, producer and director of the wonderful romantic coming-of-age film Wildhood. Welcome, Brett. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. No worries. (laughs) Um, So this film was released in 2021 and follows the story of Link, who is a teen who discovers that his abusive white father has lied about the death of his indigenous mother and embarks on a mission alongside his younger brother, Travis, to find her. Along the way, they meet another solo traveler, uh, Pazme, who is a two-spirit dancer moving between powwow events. Um, I think that kind of summarizes generally. <laughs> Would you say that summarizes it, Brett? Yep. Um, but it's Buzzamai. Buzzamai. Yep. Okay, lovely. Um, I knew I'd mess up some That's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pronunciation somewhere along the line. Um, so it's a story about kind of self-discovery in more ways than one. Um, for me, the themes that kind of screamed out were family, gender, sexuality and heritage. Um, so can you tell us a bit about kind of who Link is and why this story matters very much? Sure. I mean, Link... Um... There's a lot of stuff that's going on with Link that, you know, we don't really talk about directly um, just because it's better to 
bring people through those experiences and stories, obviously. So, um, you know, Link feels isolated, alone. You know, he doesn't really know who his mother is. He kind of has an idea of who she is, but he thinks that she's dead. Um, he has this little half-brother who is probably his best friend and, like, the closest person to him, um, <clears throat> who is, like, 10, which is, you know... Um, kind of forces him to to be a dad in a way to, to Travis so he's has to have um, a bit more emotional maturity a little bit um, when it comes to handling things in the world uh, his father doesn't really know what to do with him is abusive and you know just generally not a positive role model so uh, Link kind of knows that that's like parts of him he cannot share or they aren't safe to share. So, um, you know, cultural identity and a gender and a sexual identity as well. So the positive figures in his life are, well, really his uncle, who's kind of like, kind of positive, but like not, um, still not like an avid ally, I would say. He's, he has a bit of understanding. He, he has a bit of, uh, there's some sympathy there and, and some empathy. Um, but for the most part, Link is kind of alone uh, in, his, in this world. His uncle, his uncle is an ally, but uh, not like a staunch ally or someone that will stand up for him, really. If there's some empathy and understanding of like that Link, he sees that Link might be different um, and kind of tosses out that information, like acknowledging that. But he's really not like you know, uh, a very good mentor figure because he has his own pressures and issues and he doesn't really stick up for, for them. He kind of helps them, but he doesn't stick up for them. So Link is very alone. He's very isolated um, and he's very pissed off. Uh, so he has a lot of anger um, and there's a bunch of stuff that didn't make it into the movie that we filmed um, that was about like the other kids in the trailer park, the other boys in the trailer park that are um, pressuring him or bullying him. Um, and maybe one that he kind of had a thing for. So there was a bunch of like stuff that's there that's kind of not there in the final version. But it was important to do that um, to show that, you know, Link has an awareness of who he is. He has an awareness of his gender. He has an awareness of his sexuality. But they're all, they're not quite solid yet. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's still, and it's kind of well. Then the film happens, and it, it kind of. <laughs> well, it certainly felt like it was a sort of, it was a a way of telling the story that helped us get to know Link as it kind of developed and and unfolded. Um, do you kind of feel like that was a, a sort of getting to know you type exercise as you were producing the film, or did you already kind of have a fully formed idea of who? who this character was before he started uh i had a i had an idea i've been working on the script for over 10 years i think by the time wow. i went to to yeah so it had many iterations and i spent a lot of time with link uh, and the other characters um and then all of those things were transformed and elevated when i started working with the actors in this case and with philip um who just kind of like became these characters became became the character and kind of you know we spoke about backstory and these things and we filmed some stuff that didn't get on screen 
Um, mm-hmm. But all of that work, I think, comes across in in the in the movie in the story, and getting to know Link and understanding who he is. Um, you know, Link is wouldn't be the kind of person that would come out of the closet so much as like blew the door down with a tank and (laughs) just kind of like reacts he doesn't think as much i mean he's a teenager so yeah Yeah. quite a um boisterous type personality i suppose um a feeling of him against the world Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like to me um i suppose kind of on the topic of sort of discovering one's sort of gender and sexual identity something that's quite I think unique to indigenous North America is two spirit identity. Um, so it's not something that we hear about much on this side of the Atlantic. Mm. Um, would you mind just giving us kind of a little sort of what that means to you, um, two spirit folk? Yeah, I mean, I can do that. Um, it's, it varies so much from nation to nation, community to community and, and individual to individual sometimes. Um, some people don't even like the term uh, because it is rooted in a binary and and mm. the English translation of it is yeah very much references a binary. Um, but it's kind of at least my per- perception of it is it's it's an umbrella umbrella term. Right? It's not just a a thing that describes a gender or sexual identity, but it also implies a cultural identity and you know a spiritual identity. Um, so it's kind of like a very all-encompassing in- thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and each nation has their own words and their own uh, roles for two-spirit people um, and their own language and names around those things. So because it's so rooted in um, culture and place uh, and more of an indigenous understanding of the way of the world, it becomes a hard thing to discuss. That's um, just like a box that gets ticked often. Um, Or sometimes, you know, if it is even on a survey or like a census or things like that, it is in the wrong place. Um, Or there's a limited understanding that it is only a a gender identity or a sexual identity. Um, I would say it can be many different things. Depends on the nation and the person. Thank you. Yeah, that was brilliant, actually, because I think we've mentioned it in a, in, in a few conversations running up to this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people ask, beyond kind of knowing that it's, um, it is within the kind of LGBTQ plus umbrella, I don't really know enough about it. Um, so having these kind of conversations and illuminating the um, uniqueness, I suppose, of it um, is really important. So thank you for helping us with that. Um, I suppose it kind of brings in the importance. Of, it kind of shapes um, Link's journey through through the through the film, um, and I I kind of got the sense that that was part of the reason that Busame. Um, sorry if I've mispronounced that one again. Um, has kind of taken a liking to Link and kind of it formed the the basis of their relationship. How did you find kind of developing that as, as the film went along? It was, it's an interesting experience. It's always, I say working with actors is always such a a wonderful experience, Um, especially ones as dedicated as, as Philip and Josh and, and Avery. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many people that, 
were just, just gave so much to 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 this story. Um, but that part of the story in particular, um, you know, at no point do we say, "Oh, Buzzamai!" Like in the movie, that Buzzamai is two spirit, or explaining what that is. And yeah. you know, early on or different drafts, there was kind of like a pressure or um, like way many years ago to 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 explain those things. Um, which is better than very early on to change those things. There was pressure. So it has been an evolving thing. In the end, we didn't mention um, what that is at all because two spirit people will understand um, and queer people will understand. Like you can, I mean, we mm. start off with a yeah. dye job. He dyes his hair blonde. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a, there's a couple of like queer coming of age things that are just there in the movie. Um, yeah. As far as the like Buzzamai's journey and being two spirit, um, and and all of those things are just part of who he is and how he acts um, towards other people. There's a clear attraction I think that builds between um, Link and Buzzamai at the beginning. Uh, we specifically didn't want this to be like, oh, it's a coming out story, and you know, oh, they're grappling with all these internal things. Well, they are grappling with mm -hmm. internal things, but not that. Um, yeah, like they understand that attraction. They know it's there. Um, it's more about building up that trust to a point where you can be vulnerable with someone else and the aftermath of that. Um, so a way of learning um, is to to watch or to a way of teaching maybe is a better way to say it is to teach by example. So the way Buzzamai conducts himself in life and, you know, he doesn't have any shame of who he is. Um, and, or anything like that. He just kind of like, he just is, turns out he has a lot of stuff inside, um, that he's kind of deflecting or putting off. Um, but ultimately that part of him is something that he accepts for who, who he is, but it does cause him, um, strife and, and some grief and some struggle due to, like you said, a, a large part of the film is about family. Um, mm -hmm. so his off-screen family, like, and, and the impacts of who he is and, and they can't reconcile what that is or what it means, which is a, a reality, um, of course, in the world still for queer people, mm -hmm. for two-spirit people, um, that are, that believe in like the colonial systems, um, and the binaries and, and like those hierarchical structures that exist, um, as opposed to seeing the world as more, of an evolution or happening or, or, or a cycle. Um, so those two things, he is, an, he experiences those, um, kind of as they come into his life and, and clash. Yeah. I really liked how kind of, um, subtle all of those layers were interwoven into, into the story, especially as their kind of relationships start to blossom as well. Um, you mentioned kind of, learning through doing and that seems like the perfect point to bring in the kind of dance teaching um <laughs> can you tell us a bit more about kind of um the the powwow as an event and also kind of how that provides a setting for for them to develop a relationship sure i mean so we would say uh mawiomi like a gathering which is popularly called a powwow um, and they're different in different places, um, and some are big and some are small. And but they're gatherings. They're gatherings of people. They're celebrations. There's, you know, food and dancing giveaways, um, sharing of, of um, 
food, song, things like that. One of the aspects of powwows, the bigger powwows, um, is the dancing. The dancing is always beautiful. There's uh, different types of dancing. Um, Buzzamai is a fancy dancer. Um, so he travels from powwow to powwow trying to compete to earn um, to win, to get some cash, to kind of keep going. And that's kind of how he's spending his summer anyway, um, doing these things. Or he's been, he's been doing it for years, so he kind of like knows where to go. Um, and many people get to start um, doing uh, dancing, fancy dancing and other types of dancing from when they're very, from when they're very little, it's passed on. Uh, so that's just another part of who he is and how he expresses himself. Um, through those movements and through that dance. And in the movie, um, he tries to pass that on to Link uh, to show. It's kind of a private thing he's doing. There's a little, he's saying a little prayer and getting himself in a good place when the sun is like rising to do his dance. To It's just, that's how he prays um, and how he gets himself right. And Link kind of, stumbles upon this and instead of kind of like shutting it down and being like oh sorry i was just doing whatever he decides that he will open um the circle and bring link into it and 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 pass some of this on or at least start to teach him and uh link is kind of okay with it uh and enjoys it actually he takes to it quite well um but it's interrupted by by travis um and this is a very, it's always a really interesting thing. I remember this happened when we did our test screening and I was there with my producer, uh, Garrett Pawn, and we were watching and seeing like, you know, how people react in certain points. And that part we kind of had designed a little bit. So it's kind of a, has a bit of a, a thing around it. And it works because people kind of are watching this moment. It's a vulnerable moment. And then it, there's a moment of levity, supposedly, um, when Travis kind of interrupts and he, and he uh, says, like, you look like, I can't remember, a douchebag or chicken or dancing or something. <laughs> and um, people usually laugh, like the audience usually laughs. But then right after that is the reaction of everyone else, right? Link closes down, walks off, and Buzzamay chides him, right? He, he's like, what's your problem? Or like, what's wrong with you? And then that's the realization of like, oh, this is something that was private and um, only for these guys and these people and then is interrupted by Travis. Um, and then he feels the sting of that too, right? Because after that moment, Travis starts to not like Fussified so much or resent him <laughs> anyway about like, oh, he, he's kind of understanding now what that means, that there's mm -hmm. this thing going on with his brother and this guy and he's not he's not needed in as, as much anymore anyway. So, you know, it spirals out from there. Uh, I remember that moment actually. And it kind of, yeah, it felt like it was designed to make you laugh and then feel immediately uncomfortable. And it 100% worked at least for me. And me. Did you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> a success. Um, so I want to kind of talk a little bit more about kind of behind behind the production, I guess. Um, how did you find kind of the casting process? Was it maybe important to bring kind of a trueness of identity between characters and actors and sort of testing chemistry between the, the main Yeah, I, um, so we originally 
uh, originally I had a feature script and from the feature script engineered a short film mm-hmm. called Wildfire. And from that short film, we went out and did community casting. So we drove around looking for like, you know, the two perfect teenagers that basically were these characters. Um, and Avery, um, who is also the little brother, the little brother in the, in the feature, he plays, he, he didn't grow too much. We were able to get him in there. But um, for Wildfire, we had cast um, from Community. And then uh, when we did the feature, we were saying it'd be nice if we could work um, with Community again. The uh, um, actors that were the leads in the short are are in the film. They're, they are not the leads in the film, but they are in the film kind of towards the end at the basketball court. They're, they're mm-hmm. still there. Um, it was important to make sure that they had uh, were included as in a, in this story going forward because they had given so much of themselves in the short film. Um, so with them kind of in those positions, we did kind of like a very wide casting call. Um, I can't remember the year it was pre COVID. Right. Uh, and we had started asking for tapes for, of people, um, indigenous actors, um, that were out there. Um, so we got a, some tapes. We didn't get a lot of tapes. It's a challenge when you're casting from community like that because not everyone has access to um, mm-hmm. the same resources and, and training and things like that. So we tried to keep things very broad and open. We got um, Josh's tape and Philip's tape separately, and they were really good. But because the whole thing hinges on... Uh, the relationship of these two and as it grows and as they're growing um, we tried to also keep it keep the, our actors young as close to those, those ages as possible like 18 as possible um, and then these guys had sent in tapes thought they were really good but there was we're trying to like figure out how we can test them for chemistry um, so they happened to be in the same place. I think they were both in Ottawa, maybe at the same time and near our casting director's place. So they went in there on a Zoom and we and Garrett and I were on the other end of the Zoom. And it was just kind of like, OK, let's see. You know, what I usually do is just I let them do whatever um, at first to see how they gel, which is kind of it's like a when you think about it, a super weird situation. Sometimes <laughs> they haven't met or talked, but. Um, I think that day there was like, we had some problems getting things going. So they ended up having time to talk and do stuff together before mm-hmm. we even got on the zoom, I think. And then when we got on the zoom, um, usually I can tell just like body language, like the flow, how things are going in like, you know, 30 seconds or so. It's just, you can see if there's something there or not. And sometimes yeah, you, yeah. yeah it, it's just kind of, you know, pops. Um, yeah. And if it's, you know, sometimes it's a bit there, but buried, and you got to get to it with these guys. Uh, with Philip and Joshua, it was much more immediate. Um, like, I saw it, and I saw them interacting together, uh, and I was like, okay, these are the guys. These are our actors. And um, I didn't tell them that, though. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell them that too early. Um, I wanted to, you know, we did a bit of other stuff in that audition, like different direction, crazy direction, or, you know, mm-hmm. getting them to play with stuff and see what was happening. Um, 
But after that, I was like, okay, yeah, this chemistry works. And it's challenging because, uh, well, it's always challenging, like when you're casting through a screen. Um, I think people are becoming more accustomed to it. It is possible. But I remember so naively thinking back then, like, no one does casting that's not in person. And, you know, <laughs> who would do this over a screen? And then we did everything basically remotely over screens. And that was before COVID, so it wasn't even a... No, kind of yeah, it was before <laughs> COVID. <laughs> wow. We, were, just, we were getting ready. We were... We were... <laughs> um, I mean, it was brilliant casting in terms of the chemistry. Um, it must have been kind of feeling like you'd struck gold, I suppose, when, when that came along, which we kind of recognise in the film as mm. a very important aspect Obviously, it's such a tender and loving coming-of-age story. Um, and we happened to see it at Leeds International Film Festival, um, organised it. In the same week that, I don't know if you remember, Harry Styles had made a comment um, about a lack of tenderness in same-sex intimacy on screen. Um, and I was, I'd read that article kind of that day, and then we went <laughs> and watched it, and I was like, well, Harry Styles obviously hasn't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find kind of coordinating that intimacy to be um, a particularly kind of challenging or, or revealing or enlightening moment at all? Um, I mean, it was, it's a challenge because it requires an immense amount of vulnerability and trust. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, sex scenes in films, um, generally, they're just, I find, to be sex scenes. That's what they are. Yeah. Um, and for, for our, for what we were doing, you know, we're building this relationship for the whole film. Um, and they're slowly kind of like shedding layers and getting closer and closer. And the attraction becomes more and more. Um, and it results in, you know, a, a physical intimacy um, by the waterfall or in a waterfall, um, which in itself is slightly a cliche thing. But you know what? I was like, you know, we don't have a lot of these cool things and I want these, this queer two-spirit um, <laughs> scene. And it's beautiful. It's also a beautiful location. So um that was a thing uh, there was it, there was a lot that just went into like the planning and preparation and then letting it play out and being in the moment and that was one of the scenes where i just didn't really give any direction or a lot of direction because mm -hmm. we had talked about it and they were comfortable doing what they were comfortable with and i kind of left it up to them um yeah. and then they just kind of did did that did we only did yeah. two takes of things um and i oh, think wow. we used the first take um of that uh of that moment and then the other thing that was important was the thing that happens after mm -hmm. like the morning after moment which is that you know thing that i've never seen in um i don't think maybe i have and it's kind of buried in there but like that <laughs> after moment after after the morning after check-in right yeah when it's yeah. like are we still good are you okay was this mm -hmm. You know, what What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> um, but it's also this incredibly vulnerable time, right? Um, and there, that sex scene that happens is more than the physicality of it. That is part of it. Um, but 
there's also like you know a heart-to-heart -heart thing that happens and there are no walls in that scene um they're just completely um no armor no defenses they're with mm -hmm. each other in these moments and they share this beautiful thing and then afterwards when you know some armor comes back up because we have everyday stuff that goes on um yeah. it's like the real the reality of, of being that vulnerable can be frightening um mm -hmm. and then how how that is dealt with and how link processes it and then what Bozomai interprets that as um, like, oh, he didn't automatically say he wants to move in or he loves me, he must hate me. <laughs> um, there are like different ends of, of, or different parts of the, of the, of that experience and that um, consequence or result of making yourself vulnerable. Um, yeah. So it's really important to have that, that moment in. And everyone agreed from the start, actually. So it wasn't, there was never like, ah, we need to fight to have this. It was like, what are the reasons for having this? This is why these are in here. And we all discussed it together and said, yes, this is important. Now there are things that happen. Of course, I, I view the text as more of a suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, so when the actors are in the moment, they may do things or say things that are just, they're from those character places and mm -hmm. those I can never write. Right. So it's just kind of making space for those things to, yeah. to happen happy accidents or whatever yeah it makes it kind of feel more natural and, and things i suppose doesn't it yeah ah oh, lovely um what else do we want to um ask about these ones oh yeah <laughs> um yeah so just wanted to congratulate you on having it kind of featured at um international film festivals all over the world thank you um how has your experience of that kind of circuit been? How far has it taken you? Um, how far has it reached? I've lost track. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been to so many places, um, which is amazing. Uh, when you make a story and then you go to share it um, and so many people respond to it, I, it's like, it's, I still can't really believe it um and i i i get messages and things from people still now still um about the film and the experience of seeing the film from many different perspectives which is uh always really interesting to hear or watch with an audience um but yeah it's it's just uh there's so much time and energy and hard work and heart that's put into it and then to hear people respond is the most incredible that's the most incredible thing right to hear yeah that people respond to it um or it resonates with them or they see part of themselves in one of the characters or one of the moments um and then it helps them in some way or it brings back something that's good um that's i don't i can't describe it it's it's just it's great <laughs> Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, because yeah. you it premiered at uh, Toronto, didn't it originally? Yes. Yeah. I keep saying that is a film festival that I would love to go to because yeah. it looks really, really. It's amazing. crazy. It's a yeah. huge. It's yeah. It's definitely worth going to once or twice, but it's like there's so much that you're yeah. just like drowning in the wealth of film. <laughs> Sounds like a lovely way Never. to go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's obviously got like loads of 
brilliant response from critics and audiences all around the world. And I actually did check on Rotten Tomatoes before this. It's sitting happy at 100%, <laughs> um, which is fantastic, obviously. Do you know where our listeners might be able to watch it now? Um, oh, God, that's something that's also hard to keep track of. Because uh, <laughs> it's a different in every territory, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I think in Canada, it's on Crave. Um, it's also on airplanes because I get a lot of pictures of friends that <laughs> they're like, still in the airplanes. Um, in the States, um, I believe it is on Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. And it's still going to film festivals down there. Um, over in the UK, it's, um, I know the distributor, but I don't know where it is. Peccadillo, right? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know where they're showing it. And <laughs> it kind of well, all starts we'll, to be, I guess so many emails that they all just run together. Yeah, like, no worries. <laughs> I'll say, I'm afraid, like, I could say things, but they'll probably be wrong. <laughs> it's all right. We'll, we'll look into out. that for you. I guess it's, so the natural progression, if it does more film festivals in the UK, it will probably then go to some streaming platform, would it? Yes, yeah. So it'll probably go to streaming um i think that's usually kind of what we had like theatrical run in canada yeah. i think we had a small one maybe in the u.s maybe yeah um and then but usually it's like it goes to festivals and then it goes to streamers i think maybe yeah. a couple places are doing some dvds that will probably be limited <laughs> we're back we're, we're back <laughs> We got we got to DVDs. We got to DVDs, and the and the Wi-Fi was that shocked at hearing about <laughs> what a DVD was. <laughs> yeah, I was well, a, no. I was I was surprised at that too. But some some place some territories and distributors are are doing lim, I think limited DVDs. So there'll be yeah. some kicking around out there. People still I still have DVDs because my internet's so crappy. <laughs> <laughs> it, they are a thing that I would still like to buy, especially films that I really love yeah but mm-hmm. it's just something these days that you just well we had them a lot growing up and when i've got two younger brothers and i tell you that not a single dvd survived our childhood <laughs> i can see why everything went digital <laughs> yeah i i have some things like digitally but then sometimes the digital stores like turn ownership or they change like the way yeah. they run and your stuff goes and like yeah yeah, yeah. Now I buy the DVDs of the ones I really love. The Blu-rays or whatever. They 4K HD remastered, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Uh, So what is next for you then? Um, Well, I've been writing a lot. I have some other projects, some other scripts that I've been working on almost for as long as Wildhood. Um, Just on my own and then a couple of other kind of newer projects. I try to I try to work on a couple of things at once, but not too many things because, you know, you'll eventually spread yourself so thin you'll evaporate. Um, <laughs> but I'm working on a, um, a play adaptation uh, by a, a Canadian playwright, Brad Fraser. Um, it's called Wolf Boy. I think in the UK it was adapted to a musical, um, possibly. Um, so... I've been working on adapting that um, 
for a couple of years and it's getting into getting to a place where I'm almost ready to show people. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll await that with bated breath, I'm sure. Oh, it is a musical. It looks like it. Oh. Yeah, by Brad Fraser. Yeah, it's in, yeah. it originally is a play from like the early 80s, 1980s or late 1970s. Uh, one of its first runs, I think in Toronto, had like Keanu Reeves in it. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, just reading that. Literally, yeah. the, as you were saying those words, my eyes were going across the... <laughs> you can find <laughs> the... some cool posters of it that apparently... I'm told would not survive in like the gay village in Toronto because they would put up these posters and they're like these beautiful photographs of, you know, these two guys. They're like, maybe they're going to kiss or they're very close to each other. Um, and people would take them <laughs> and put them up in their apartments. And I'm like, oh, well, I want one, but I don't know how I would find one. <laughs> oh, so... That's exciting. Yeah, that we'll yeah. look out for that then. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that interview. Well done, Ned, for your first. Oh, thanks. A little bit um, nervous, and I forgot the sign-off at the end. Oh, but... yes, we did. But we're, we're learning. We're learning. Yeah. Um, it feels to, to pull back the curtain. Mm. Ah. So <laughs> um, <laughs> um, when you record a podcast with a guest, obviously... You chat to them first, and then it feels really unnatural to go, hi, welcome to the podcast when you've been chatting for 10 yeah. minutes before. And then it also feels weird to say, thank you for joining, goodbye. Because I always worry that they think they're going to go. But I, I think we should say that these directors have done quite a lot of media, so they know what they're doing with podcasts. Do. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we're learning, aren't we? Um, but... We don't kind of do like a full spoilerific review when we've interviewed um, somebody because we like to think it's not well, out also, of respect, but kind of just, I don't know how to word it. I think it it's easier to not stray too far into spoilers because we want to get into the kind of behind the scenes as much as we want. Yeah. In the film. So the conversation gets led a lot more by the guest who has had plenty of practice mm. not giving spoilers. Yeah. So, um, if, uh, yeah, it's quite nice. Um, but that means that you are now without spoilers. So here we're going to do our usual and talk about it all. Are we? Are we? No. We're not. Not like in the same depth, because this no, episode no, 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 will no. have been on for 45 minutes already. Yeah, no, I, I But that. I loved the film. So, um, yeah. I wrote on my Letterboxd review that it's an incredibly tender coming-of-age film that explores kind of identity, love and heritage. Um, yeah, I think That's a nice way to put it. Oh, no, I'm good sometimes, yeah. aren't I? Um, the blossoming romance feels like really lived in and you'll have listened in the interview there with Brett that um, it was really important for them to get the chemistry f with the two leads um, which we definitely felt like was mm. achieved didn't we mm. um, you're very quickly in my opinion rooting for them um, oh for sure and yeah. it's really nice in that um, it like helps you get to know the character even though you don't know what happened before and you don't know what's going to happen afterwards yeah 
There's so many layers that are nodded to without needing to be explicitly explained um, that kind of just sort of eases you in. Yeah. Naturally. Mm. Which is really nice. Um, I wrote as well that all the performances were great, but I particularly loved the younger brother. Avery. Um, Avery. Yeah, yeah, same. And I was, I liked to learn that um, Avery was in the short film as well. Yeah. That was nice. I quite like that kind of real world, full circle vibe. I liked that it was cinema. community casting as well. Love that. Mm, it's very nice It's very touch. community based. Yeah. Very personal and tender. Yeah. And that's not the kind of thing you can really get with big. Yeah production I guess yeah no I agree I really liked that um some of the shots in this were absolutely beautiful so I wrote that there's one in a cotton field where there's like a purple haze to the um to the air with the sunsets sunset in sky and I remember thinking my god that is so beautiful Mm. looked like a painting um which is nice because the film's beautiful as well like it obviously it's got it's hardships. Yeah. There's a there's a struggle with identity and sexuality and relationships yeah. with parents, but it's quite it. It captures humanity's beautiful side as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about it a lot with Brett, but so hopefully you've got a lot of insight to it. But I really, really loved the film. Um. It definitely passes Vita Russo. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it passes the Bechdel test, but I don't think it necessarily had well, to. No. Um, wasn't going into it thinking... It's weird when we do these, did it pass or fail? Because when I, I say it fails... I think maybe we only need to bring them up when they pass. Yeah. Or if they, like, noticeably fail. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like when we did Top Gun Maverick, they clearly tried to pass the Bechdel test by f- putting a conversation yeah, in right. there that wasn't That was needed. a tick-box exercise yeah. in there. yeah. Um, but I think when these films are so personal, when, you know, Brett was working on the script for over 10 years, yeah. it's been a short film before, um, and then it's been made into a feature length film, they're, they're telling such a personal story. It's yeah. almost like it doesn't really matter what, what, what ticks, what boxes it ticks. Yeah. But when you've of, got... All of that goes out the window. Yeah. But when you've got a four quadrant film that's meant for everybody... Yeah. And they don't pass certain things. Yeah. That's when it starts to get a bit of an issue for me. Yeah. You know, like if a new Star Wars film didn't pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. I think that's pretty bad. Yeah. But that's where I'm at with that, if you get Yeah, me. now I think we're on the same page as far yeah. as that goes. I'd, I'd yeah. agree. Um, we definitely want to get to Toronto Film Festival at one point. So yeah. that would be nice. Yeah. Um, that was interesting to talk about as well because this is where the film premiered in 2021. Um, film festivals sound like such a wonderful place. I think... How did Brett put it? Um, something about drowning. Drowning in film in, something. Yeah. You'll have heard it ten minutes ago, so yeah. you guys might have remember, but... Um, <laughs> what a wonderful way to go, you said. It is a, lovely, a wonderful way to go. <laughs> If I died watching the film, yeah, yeah, um, 
We just wanted to touch on, in the interview we talked about distribution and where you can watch it now, we've double-checked in the UK and it's available to buy on streaming services, so Amazon Prime or Prime Video, whatever it's called these days. Yeah, um, Apple TV. Apple TV, you can download it. Google Play, is yeah. it called? Google. All those kind of, you, you buy B, it to BFI watch it. the BFI one as well. Yes, it, yeah. yeah. Um, and Curzon as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and YouTube. So any kind of streaming platform, yeah. um, there may be a DVD release in the future, potentially, but we don't know um, in the UK. But that's why you can currently watch it, and it might also be doing some, you know, look out for more screenings around regional film festivals up and down the country, because Leeds showed it, I'm sure other places I don't see be why it wouldn't be shown elsewhere. Um, but yeah, a really, really beautiful film. Yeah. Um, you and know, thanks to Leeds Film Festival for organising our tickets for us as well. Yes, yes, that was very Absolutely. nice of them. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to mention in news, actually. What? You've segued. Um, the, I'm good at that. You are. The full lineup for the full festival for Leeds International Film Festival. God. Film Festival. Get your teeth around that. Um, so, it's now out. Um, and starts on opening day is, let me find it, let me find find it Thursday the 3rd of November um, and runs through to Thursday the 17th no sorry Friday the 18th with the closing film festival closing film the closing film is called After Sun which I have heard of and used a lot of in the last week um, so <laughs> a little bottle in fact uh, yeah um, so we're hopefully going to get to a few of these screenings um, and see how, what happens there Um there's a lot of really amazing films. You, all I would suggest for people to do is just go onto the website, download the programme, and go see a film that you've never even heard of, but in the little blurb, you Maybe think... Maybe even randomise it. Go well, even in the little blurb, totally you know, in. it might say... Um, just read the blurb and think, oh, that sounds cool. I'll mm. go and support independent cinema. Um, I'm hoping to go to the short film Yorkshire competition. Um they do do two queer short film competitions as well, but unfortunately you and I are both busy when they're on. Oh. Um, although you might not be. I think well, I'm at work one of the afternoons, but go for it, Ned. I might take the afternoon off. Yeah, but yes, um, a lot going on in Leeds, which is the place we call home. Um, are we done? I am if you are. Yeah, I did give the film four star. Oh, Wild hub that is. Yeah, um, four star. It was not brilliant. that I feel like even star ratings get a bit reductive when you spoke to the director because you hear all of the creative decisions and you know like. But that's where we're at with it. So yeah. let's sign off. And that is all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate, and comment on your podcast platform of choice. I'm getting good at that. Podcasting platform of Podcasting choice. Podcasting platform of choice. This is quite good that you're ending it now because I delayed my washing machine and it's just kicked in. Don't forget <laughs> to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GazeOnFilmPod. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. How 
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.